We've seen um, in these cases where it affects women migrants, they are uh, oftentimes recruited, uh, falsely recruited or trafficked to work as uh, in, the, in the field of domestic work, no? as domestic helpers. Uh, they are often, um, you know, tricked no? um, or deceived into false promises that there is a job or employment uh, waiting for them in another country. And of course, many of these women come from uh, backgrounds, poor backgrounds, low education. We have to look at the root causes of why our people are forced to leave, forced to accept false promises, you know, joblessness, the lack of employment, the lack of social services. Uh, for many communities, um, the lack of education, uh, all of these compounded together um, contribute to why many are falling prey to human trafficking um, and illegal recruitment. Please listen carefully. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you listen to this podcast with me, Jess and Eva. Welcome to Voicey Podcast by BBC, a podcast dedicated to highlight the stories around cross-cutting human rights issues across East and Southeast Asia. This podcast is an initiative of BBC Network, better engagement between East and Southeast Asia. Voicey Voicey Podcast, Podcast, the voice of East and Southeast Asia. Hi, everyone. Hi, Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Ah, hi, Eva. <laughs> How are you? How are you? Oh, I'm fine. It's been a while since, you know, like I'm appearing in the podcast. So happy to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. here today. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. Uh, the, the last time is it was the episode with uh, Benny, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Uh no no. Uh, with oh, no, no. Bayuyun. Oh yeah, with yes. Bayuyun. Like two episodes before right. this. Right. Yes 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 yes. Okay. And actually, before I forget, if I would like mm-hmm. to say happy belated International Women's Day, yeah. Because wow. Yeah. Actually, it's still, uh, still March it's anyway. Still yeah. March. Um, you know, for me, it's an honor to. Can work with you, with Emma, uh, mm. with Arlene, uh, with Mariko in our mm. secretariat. You know, you are <laughs> so so great and so wonderful <laughs> that I work with, and I really appreciate wow. that. It's really an honor for me because this is uh, International Women's Day, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I just wanna acknowledge how I. <laughs> You know, really, 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 really grateful for knowing and working with all of you, including with our guest today. But before that, mm-hmm. ah. maybe I will tell you how I feel about this month. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, because apparently this is International Women's Month, so yeah, yeah, I yeah, kind of, yeah. I kind of feel empowered, you know, because mm. I'm a woman. Mm. <laughs> of course. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So a bit about International <coughs> Women's Day, you know, like every March each year, we know uh, that we celebrate uh, the International Women's Day. Uh, like uh, we make we make it into like International Women's Month because you know it, the euphoria is mm. is like um, yeah we want to celebrate it mm-hmm. along the month. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're here. Uh, also, this month as well uh, is Women's History Month uh, mm. that have already been 
celebrated annually uh, on March 8th. But do you know just that International Women's Day has been celebrated since 1910? Ah, really? Yeah. Okay, a, so yes. tell me tell me more about it. How 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 is it? Yeah, so after a long history from the beginning of the 20th century until mm-hmm. it was finally officially recognized by the United Nations in 1975, mm-hmm. until now International Women's Day has been celebrated for more than 100 years, right? But right, like right. yeah, Even after 100 years, too bad that there are still so many, you know, like situations that put women in a very vulnerable position to face uh, such uh, human rights violation, as well as, yeah, trafficking in person, you know. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that, yeah. You know, actually, mm-hmm. I read a study uh, by an American think tank council on foreign mm-hmm. relations, which found that trafficking in person most immediately affects 40.3 million people globally. Wow. Yes. Globally, yeah, but its consequences are more far widespread while women, uh, mm-hmm. 49% of it and girls, 23% of it mm-hmm. make up the majority of all reported human trafficking cases or mm-hmm. trafficking in person cases including Uh, this is again according the Council of Foreign Relations. Yes. Including 99% of victims of sex trafficking and mm-hmm. 58% of victims in all other commercial industries. Mm-hmm. The 2022 Global Report on Trafficking in Persons submitted by the UNODC stated mm-hmm. that female victims are subject to physical or extreme violence at hands of trafficker traffickers you know yeah 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 i also want to refer to several studies as well which stated right. that the phenomenon of uh, of trafficking in person uh you know intrinsically embedded in the context of migrations for the purpose of labor mm. i think i think you know it is very important for us to highlight the things related to trafficking in in person especially women and its intersectionality with migrants and migrant workers right Because yeah, migrants are particularly um, vulnerable to trafficking in person, right? Especially forced labor, in which they represent almost one in every four victims. Wow, uh, I agree with that. Uh, and lucky to us, you know, uh, just like I mentioned earlier, that not only it's an honor for me uh, to know you, Mariko, Anna, Arlene, and all our uh, colleague. That working with us, but I also really feel so honored to know this person who now is together with us, Joanna Conception, you know, the president of Migrante International. We, I think, we should give uh, applause for for her. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Migrante Joanna. Migrante International is an organization. Welcome, Joanna. And, <laughs> and you know, Migrante International is an organization which are widely known. For their advocacy on the rights of migrants around the world, which has led advocacy and campaigns for Mary Jane Veloso for over a decade, you know, and we all know that Mary Jane Veloso is a Filipino woman and former and former migrant domestic worker who was a victim of trafficking in person and sentenced to death penalty because she was set up to bring drugs to Indonesia. Now, Joanna is. Uh, Joining is her joining us here from the Philippines after visiting Mary Jane in Indonesia last month uh, or early of March, right? Yes. Joanna. 
Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much again for inviting us and granted to um to speak about our campaign to free Mary Jane Veloso, and we want to thank PBC uh, for your continuous uh, support uh, for for the campaign. Yes, Joanna, and really, I also would like to thank you for. finally make it to joining us in this podcast <laughs> it's been a very long time yeah to to really can bring you to this podcast you know and it's such an honor again for me and for voicey podcast for having you in this podcast Thank you, Jesse. I'm <laughs> um, happy to, of course, share. Um, I, I know we 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 saw each other, Jesse and Ifa, yes, <laughs> not yes, too long yes. ago. Um, like you mentioned, I was able to visit Indonesia, so I'm happy to share, of course, um, uh, how our visit uh, to Mary mm-hmm. Jane was in prison. Yes. We we traveled to um, Wanasari, uh, Yogyakarta. Uh, myself along with other women uh, migrant rights organizations from the uh, Asia region. We had um, uh, representatives from Mongolia, from Taiwan, from Nepal, uh, Indonesia. It was really, um, uh, really uh, inspiring um, our sisters supporting Mary Jane. Um, and meeting her mm. for the first time and listening to um, her, what happened to her, how she was trafficked. Um, and it has been almost um, uh, maybe the whole time, the pandemic, uh, Ifa and Jesse know, uh, there was very uh, few visitations uh, with mm. Mary Jane. So this was the uh, first time in a very long time that uh, there was a big delegation. Uh, of our friends uh, to to visit Mary Jane. So Mary Jane actually, you know, after our visit, she called her mom in the Philippines right away, and she was mm. so happy um, that uh, we visited her, and it lifted up her spirits and her morale to continue wow. the fight um, until wow. she free and uh, is able to go back home to the Philippines. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, it it makes me curious actually. <laughs> So that uh, that you just mentioned that you just visited MJ or Mary Jane, I would like to really know about uh, 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 the update of her. How is she right now? Like, uh, or is there any update about her case right now? Is there anything you can uh, tell us? Yes. Um... The uh, update I can share. Uh, the updates. Uh, of her legal case here in the Philippines. Her family, uh, Mary Jane's parents, um, are still in a legal battle um, here in the Philippines to uh, hold accountable uh, Mary Jane's uh, illegal recruiters and traffickers. Mm. Um, so the, the case, the legal case has been ongoing. Um, and Mary Jane's uh, recruiters, in fact, have already been Uh, um, sentenced, uh, received a guilty sentence uh, for illegal recruitment um, mm. and fraud. No, um, and there's one right. remaining charge, uh, which is human trafficking, where uh, Mary Jane will serve as a key witness um, to that case. So we are waiting for um, the opportunity for Mary Jane. 
to be able to testify, uh, provide a testimony of how she was uh, trafficked no, to Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope that uh, with this case, no, if, if Mary Jane is able to, to uh, testify, um, and we really believe and are confident no, uh, that her traffickers will be held uh, accountable. And mm-hmm. this could help, hopefully, uh, her case um, in Indonesia potentially could reopen um, her case and re- a review of her case um, or mm-hmm. could also uh, appeal uh, to the Indonesian government that uh, Mary Jane is in fact no, uh, a victim of human trafficking um, mm-hmm. under uh, the Philippine um, uh, Philippine uh, uh, court system. Okay, so, so, so I, I, I'm curious about if finally Mary Jane is uh, proved as a victim of trafficking in person, then she will be uh, freed, right? Or no? It's not automatic. Oh. Uh, not an automatic. Um, it would. It's still not a guarantee uh, that uh, of her freedom. But we mm. hope that this would uh, uh, once and for all prove, no, that uh, Mary Jane is a, a victim of ha- uh, human trafficking, and this uh, then uh, could be raised to the president of Indonesia. Uh, that. Mm. Um, our appeal for clemency uh, would be heard and would be granted uh, and that uh, it would be proof that she is a victim that deserves protection um, and not uh, in jail. Okay. I see. But before we go further, Joanna, about the Mary Jane case, we'd like to know more about uh, Migrante International and as well as how your organization, how you and your organization get involved in the advocacy of Mary Jane, not only in the Philippines and Indonesia, right, but also around the world. Can you tell us about it a bit? Sure. Uh, well, Migrante International uh, is a grassroots global alliance of Filipino migrant organizations. We have chapters and member organizations in over 24 countries. Uh, we were founded in uh, 1996. Um, and for more than two decades, we have uh, launched campaigns uh, on issues that affect uh, Filipino migrants, my temporary migrant workers, undocumented migrants. And we have uh, also uh, launched campaigns on particular uh, issues such as human trafficking and illegal recruitment, um, that, which is widespread no, among uh, uh, Filipino migrants. Uh, and particularly, um, Mary Jane's uh, case uh, came to our organization uh, in 2015 um, when we found out um, that uh, Mary Jane's Mary Jane uh, would uh, already be already has a scheduled uh, execution date, um, and uh, the family sought um, the assistance uh, of Migrante uh, to campaign, no? uh, to campaign for. Uh, uh, to save Mary Jane's life in 2015. Mm-hmm. So Migrante International reached out to its partners, um, other migrant organizations, uh, migrant rights advocates uh, across um, uh, the Asia region and especially in Indonesia uh, and Hong Kong as well. Uh, and uh, we, we also sought their partnership and collaboration to reach out no, to uh, government officials, uh, the human rights 
commission the women Komnas Perempuan um, in the Indonesia uh, to bring to uh, to bring the case of Mary Jane uh, to them, and we launched a global campaign uh, in in 2015 to save Mary Jane's life and. That campaign was successful um, because her scheduled execution did not push through, um, and Mary Jane received a temporary stay of execution, a temporary stay of a, a reprieve from execution. All right, Joanna. Since you just mentioned that you not only met with Mary Jane, but you also met with uh, other stakeholders in Indonesia that maybe will help your advocacy uh, in this Mary Jane case. Can you tell us more about that? You know, uh, who you met and what are the results of the meeting and uh, or what kind of cooperation that will be uh, built between the stakeholders? Sure. Um, well, we in Migrante, we are definitely grateful to our Uh, partners um, and partner organizations in Indonesia uh, who continue to support the campaign for Mary Jane. We, for uh, a period of one week, uh, we were able to meet with uh, many groups and individuals. Um, we were able to meet with uh, religious and uh, uh, church groups and organizations. We were able to meet with migrant rights advocates, legal advocates, human rights advocates, um, and and other individuals um, who uh, uh, in support uh, of the case of Mary Jane. We were also able to meet with um, Comnes uh, Perampuan and uh, Commissioner. Uh, uh, one of the commissioners of Komnas uh, Ham, uh, Human Rights Commission. So it was very positive. All of the meetings, um, there was a general consensus uh, that uh, we need to amplify our campaign, um, our public awareness campaign, particularly in Indonesia, uh, to uh, tell more of the story. Uh, of Mary Jane and the, the, her plight as well as her family's conditions, what really drove her um, to, uh, to work uh, overseas, um, her, the background of her family and to, um, to generate awareness um, in Indonesian public um, in the communities of really what Mary Jane went through um, as a victim of human trafficking. Uh, we want to um, also organize uh, activities uh, in support of uh, bringing Mary Jane, uh, Mary Jane's family, her two sons, her mom, and her uh, f- father uh, to Indonesia uh, soon. So we are organizing um, a, a family visit because it has been almost five years since the family has visited, um, and so. You know the groups that we met with have committed to support that um, and to also join the delegation to visit Mary Jane and to also connect the family with uh, government leaders in Indonesia uh, so that the family of Mary Jane can make a personal appeal uh, to uh, the leaders and, and ministers uh, of Indonesia um, to, uh, you know, uh, hopefully you know, to grant Mary Jane clemency uh, as a victim of human trafficking. Um, so there will be several uh, activities um, in preparation uh, for that. Um, we have also discussed 
uh, how else can we uh, how else can we uh, amplify the campaign um, and other strategies? Uh, we discussed um, what alternative uh, legal strategies uh, that can support uh, victims of human trafficking, um, especially victims who are caught in a drug syndicate or uh, um, drug smuggling cases, but they're actually victims. So there seems to be very weak protection for them, not just in Indonesia, but uh, in Southeast Asia as well. So we also discussed that um, that this coming year, uh, at the end of the year, there is an important political uh, meeting, and that is the ASEAN uh, summit. No? Uh, leaders of the Southeast Asian nations will be meeting uh, this year, and one of the we learned that one of the issues that um, the leaders, government leaders, will be tackling is the issue of human trafficking. So it is very timely. Uh, that we want to raise um, the uh, campaign for Mary Jane uh, during the ASEAN uh, Summit as well as the ASEAN People's Summit um, that civil society is organizing um, to also raise uh, the issue that Mary Jane is one of many migrant women uh, who across you know Asia, Southeast Asia who uh, have fallen victim no, to human trafficking. So there could be many more Mary Janes, uh, um, not just you know uh, in Indonesia, but in other countries who are detained, who are in death row, um, but they are only victims of exploitation or victims of human trafficking. Okay, uh, thank you very much for the brief uh, explanation. But I will be a bit more specific. Uh, I heard you also in Indonesia, uh, while you were in Indonesia, I heard you also met with uh, Her Excellency Yuyun Wahyuningrum, right? The Indonesia representative to AICHR. Um, and can can we know, uh, uh, based on the meeting with her, uh, what is the agenda regarding specifically the case of uh, Mary Jane in, in this Indonesia chairmanship uh, in ASEAN? Well, yes, uh, we were able to discuss Mary Jane's case and to, of course, uh, seek her feedback or recommendation um, on, uh, and also to share with her our ideas um, to bring Mary Jane's case uh, during the ASEAN Summit uh, this year. Um, and it is from her, actually, that we learned uh, that human trafficking is one of the uh, issues that that will be tackled no so that's um very uh, important uh, for us advocates and uh, migrant rights groups to to know um to raise uh, this during the asean uh, summit uh, but uh, our meeting also we discussed um the importance of also communicate communicating the family being a family of mary jane mm -hmm. uh, to have a direct communication or to have an audience with the government leaders um, in Indonesia, particularly uh, the Minister for Women's Empowerment, um, the Minister for Law and um, Human Rights, I believe, um, and, and uh, that that would um, then bring uh, a humanitarian appeal of the family directly to the government leaders um, that they can directly speak with the family because Mary Jane's family 
um, has no uh, does not receive any uh, updates from our government. No, um, there is no communication. There is no developments or uh, regular updates that they receive from our government. Um, and it is the right of Mary Jane's family um, to be updated no, on the status of uh, Mary Jane's case. What are the conversations between the Philippine government and the Indonesian government um, So, uh, in making the arrangements for Mary Jane's testimony. So it's important um, in that meeting, you know, we discussed the importance of, of, of Mary Jane to family, Mary Jane's family, to be able to also communicate directly with the leaders, uh, government leaders uh, of Indonesia to um, seek uh, information, um, uh, you know, of course, on behalf of Ma- of Mary Jane, um, and where her case uh, uh, stands. No. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for your update, uh, Joanna. But I would like to more specific asking you about one thing that uh, because you already mentioned about the advocacy in the regionalism in 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 regional in regional context. I would like to ask you about the. We all know that in ASEAN, it in 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 our regional, we already have ACTIP or ASEAN Convention Against Trafficking in Person. Uh, 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 I would like to know, actually, based on your experiences, uh, especially in advocating this case of Merijen. Uh, how is the implementation of the convention and how big is the impact of the existence of the convention, uh, Joanna? Well, we learned that, uh, you know, it's it's positive that on a regional level, uh, there um, is a mechanism uh, for uh, victims of uh, human trafficking to raise um, their issues um, and concerns uh, and that there is a consensus Uh, on a definition of human trafficking on the regional level. Um, however, of course, on, on the other hand, um, it's a question of um, how effective um, it is, no? uh, how effective um, the co- cooperation between states uh, in the uh, ASEAN region to combat human trafficking. Uh, but also it, it uh, goes down to also how it is implemented Um, in the national uh, level as well, no. Um, so yes, uh, for for us, you know, we would we would look at it uh, on the national level, um, and uh, how our laws in the Philippines, particularly, no, uh, are effective um, because they. Uh, the idea is that on the regional um, the regional level uh, convention would provide guidance. Uh, to the uh, national governments in how they draft their anti-trafficking uh, laws, policies, uh, as well as um, support uh, for victims of human trafficking. But in the case of Mary Jane and in many cases of uh, human tra- trafficking that has come to our uh, attention or uh, Migrante has assisted these cases of human trafficking, there's still so many weaknesses Um, in the enforcement uh, of policies, but in uh, but also in giving actual support and protection to victims of human trafficking. So we still see that 
victims are still criminalized um, and still are uh, lack protection, uh, even though they are uh, should be recognized um, as victims, and that states in the regional level should uh, actually have stronger collaboration you know, in protecting. Uh, uh, victims and investigating deeper, no, the the specific cases, uh, uh, especially those that deal with drug smuggling or um, uh, uh, those who are caught in drug syndicates, no. Uh, and we know that Indonesia and Philippines, in particular, um, have very uh, tough uh, laws, no, uh, against uh, drugs that victims of human trafficking could end up. Uh, being criminalized under uh, anti-drug uh, laws and policies as well. I see. Uh, I would like to step back a bit to the to the context of Indonesia. Your advocacy uh, of Mary Jane in Indonesia. Um, you talk about the victims' protection, right? So in Indonesia, we have like a body called Victim and Witness Protection Institution. Uh, we call it LPSK which one of its mandates is to give compensation to victims do you see that uh, do you see that as an opportunity for for your advocacy that's a good question uh, we have also sought uh, the advice of our uh, partner organizations and advocates as well in in Indonesia um, and we know that uh, um, we know that many advocates have in Indonesia have also approached the uh, LPSK um, to also seek their advice. Um, and could their mandate uh, apply um, to Mary Jane? Uh, but as we understand, if um, I think LPSK might have limitations in terms of their uh, their mandate, no. Um, so uh, their um, they. Uh, I believe that they um, have recommended that uh, we reach out to similar agency um, here in the Philippines to protect um, uh, with uh, victims as well. Um, and so if there is somehow an, an, an endorsement from a similar uh, agency here in the Philippines, then um, that could be some sort of there could be some sort of cooperation. Um, across the two agencies from two from our two countries, uh, but I, uh, as I understand from my conversations with our um, with uh, advocates here in Indonesia, that there could be some limitations um, as to uh, applying um, their mandate to the case of Mary Jane. I I see I see. So yeah, uh, it's still an opportunity yeah, to to really approach the LPSK right then but uh, yes definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely but uh, I I would like also to ask in the more general context actually uh, Joanna as we know that Mary Jane is a women migrant workers and she is a victim of trafficking in person and also now are facing the death penalty uh, in more general context how vulnerable are women especially women migrant workers to the trafficking in person and human rights violation, especially or specifically death penalty. And um, why? What is the reason behind behind that vulnerability? 
Well, yes, that's an important question. No, uh, many of the cases of uh, human trafficking or or rights uh, violations uh, that affect migrants uh, across the world, um, you know, disproportionately they affect uh, uh, women, no, women and and girls. Um, and uh, your question specific to the death penalty, um, I don't have. I'm sorry, I do I do not have the figures um, or data uh, on hand but um, I can speak particularly for uh, Filipino um, women um, we found out that there are a significant number of uh, uh, for example Filipino women migrants um, who are in death row in Malaysia um, for the similar case of uh, drug smuggling um, uh, drug smuggling and, and, and drug trafficking, no, um, in in Malaysia, and they are sentenced um, to death uh, as well. So there's not much information um, on their cases, but we have brought this to the attention of our legislators, of our government officials, to conduct further um, investigation on their um, on these cases because although they have been sentenced um, to death already in in Malaysia, they could be similar cases to Mary Jane. They could face the same, they, they may have faced the same um, situation uh, as Mary Jane and they could, there could be many victims uh, among, among them. No? Um, so we're pushing um, our uh, government to not just accept these death sentences, especially if it, when it affects um, women migrants uh, because they could be victims uh, of, of human trafficking um, and other forms of uh, exploitation. Uh, and, and abuse. Uh, but what we've seen um, in these cases where it affects women migrants, they are uh, oftentimes recruited, uh, falsely recruited or trafficked to work as uh, in, the, in the field of domestic work, you know, as domestic helpers. Uh, they are often, um, you know, uh, uh, tricked no? um, or deceived into false promises that there is uh, there is a, a, a job or employment uh, waiting for them in another country, um, and of course many of these women come from uh, backgrounds uh, where poor backgrounds, uh, low education. But there are also uh, women migrants who are who become vulnerable to human trafficking, who are also um, professionals, who are teachers, who are nurses. Uh, we've handled cases like that as well. Uh, but um, the most vulnerable we've seen are those who are recruited in the field of um, domestic uh, domestic work, where there are very uh, few protections afforded to domestic workers um, in many countries. No? Um, there's there's uh, um, many countries who do not have strong policies or laws uh, that protect um, migrant workers in general, but domestic helpers um, uh, in particular. Um, and we know predominantly in this field uh, that uh, where women migrants um, are still uh, uh, deployed no, to work. Okay, so so what is it to be done to you know like prevent this kind of case to happen again in the future? You know, like. The, uh, like how to prevent it instead of like you you already talk about the case handling right but like how to pretend it to, to prevent it yes well, well human trafficking is, is, so, is so, so uh complex um and such so widespread 
uh, of a, a problem and it has mm-hmm. come in many different forms and over the years it has evolved um, in how traffickers and, and illegal recruiters have you know um, their their strategies and their ways of uh, of uh, trafficking women and, and uh, children and, and people um, across borders across countries uh, but you know their goal is the same no remains the same and it's to exploit Uh, people uh, for profit, you no know, labor exploitation or um, uh, in other ways. And so, for us, when we look at when we try to see the problem of human trafficking, um, if you just try to see it in pieces, uh, then it you know it can be overwhelming. Um, if you uh, look strategically, um, how do we want to end um, this problem? For us, for Migrante, we have always taken. A stand that to address human trafficking and other uh, other um, uh, issues that face uh, migrants um, all over the world, um, you have to look at uh, the root problems um, and the root causes uh, of forced migration in the home countries where migrants are coming from, you know? and we have to look at the policies uh, of sending. Governments, uh, governments who who, sent, who have um, uh, labor export programs, um, and that their policies um, that uh, do not protect no? uh, and even further exploit or facilitate exploitation of uh, migrants. No? So we have to look at the root causes of why our people are forced to leave, um, forced to accept false promises, uh, mm-hmm. false. Uh, forced to um, uh, uh, accept you know, um, substandard uh, jobs um, that do not pay uh, very well or um, uh, or mm-hmm. accept inhumane uh, working conditions, um, uh, low standards you know, uh, in terms of uh, em- employment. Um, and we have to really look at what's happening um, in our home countries, in the communities where migrants are are coming from, and it's it's it remains the same. You no know, joblessness, the lack of employment, the lack of social services uh, for many communities, um, the lack of education. Uh, all of these compounded together um, contribute to uh, why uh, many are falling prey um, to uh, human trafficking um, and illegal recruitment. So we have to start um, from our uh, home countries, the policies um, in our home countries as well. But also looking at um, because human trafficking happens across borders, so there has to be uh, strengthened cooperation um, and and policy uh, making um, also at the level of uh, not just on the national level, but the regional and international uh, level as well. So interesting, uh, Joanna, and I really highlight your point that uh, there's a lack of protection, there's a lack of uh, uh, enforcement of the law, there's a lack of this, there's a lack of that by the state. So I I'm so curious about why is or why are there's a lot of lack of this and lack of that uh, by the state? Is it caused by the unwillingness or the unableness of the state to really protect the uh, migrant workers, especially women migrant workers? 
Well, for in the Philippine context, um, our labor export program has been around for more than four decades, and we with you know we we have a new president, it's a new administration, and we um, we see that uh, the direction that the the new administration in the Philippines is going, um, it still wants to prioritize um, to continue the labor export uh, program, you know, to continue deploying Filipinos to become migrant, temporary migrant workers um, all over the world. And it, um, our government, uh, you know, has uh, ramped up uh, in conducting um, bilateral agreements and negotiations with other countries um, looking for markets, job markets, uh, so that Filipinos um, can work uh, in those in those countries, and so th- these conversations and plans are facilitated by the Philippine government. So with that, um, you know, for for more than four decades, our country's economy uh, has been reliant on the remittances of our uh, migrant workers or. Filipino migrants who reside in and live, uh, reside and work uh, overseas, no, and the money that they send back home to their families to support their families, um, that helps keep the country, our country's economy afloat. So if you remove um, this entire, if you if you stop the the labor export program, um, uh, the the economy would suffer. So for decades, it has been dependent. No, um, on uh, the labor export program, instead of prioritizing, uh, instead of our government prioritizing creating jobs, um, job security for our uh, for our people um, here in the Philippines, no, so that they wouldn't be forced to 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 leave the country and work abroad, um, also to address, no, um, so the the we feel that. Um, uh, the our government chooses instead no to prioritize um, deploying more of our people uh, to work overseas um, instead of uh, allocating resources or allocating budget um, to improve social services like education and healthcare and housing um, as well as um, uh, to support no uh, uh, our people to have long-term job opportunities here. Um, in the Philippines, so for uh, we've seen in the the track record that um, oftentimes it's only lip service. They pay lip service to the protection of our migrants, migrant workers, um, and we've seen the track record of um, many, many, many countless cases over the years uh, uh, of um, uh, overseas Filipino migrant workers who have been victims of human trafficking, illegal recruitment, of gender-based violence, uh, and other forms of of exploitation and abuse overseas, but they have not received uh, protection or assistance, uh, comprehensive assistance from the government, or very quick action, no? Um, We, they, oftentimes, you know, um, the action uh, from the, our government comes very slow. 
um, and it impacts no um, it impacts many of these cases many of cases of abuses who want to seek um, justice um, who want to seek uh, protection so oftentimes you know it's a matter of life mm-hmm. and um, life and death uh, but assistance mm-hmm. um, and protection comes um, very slow yeah we we really hope the government or the other um you know like mandated stakeholders can do better yeah in in you know like doing the, their actions in, in implementing the protection of of any human including the migrants um we finally come to an end of the podcast joanna uh, i would like to ask if you have any message from you have any message for uh, mary jane and her family that you'd like to tell to the to the audience um message from her from Mary Jane and her family yes oh yes of course um thank you Eva for that question uh there um when we visited Mary Jane uh in in prison um we asked her we were able to ask her what is her uh, message um to particularly for um uh, the Indonesian and Philippine government Uh, who are ultimately the decision makers um, on her case and um, she mentioned to us that you know she continues to have she continues to have um, hope um, in, that she will be uh, uh, released um, and that she will be free and she will be able to join her family um, in the Philippines uh, but but there are still uncertainties that she feels um, because she has you know not uh, received any updates as well on her case and that she has been um, in jail for 13 years uh, already you know? um, and she misses her family especially her two sons who uh, are already uh, uh, young men um, when she was jailed they were very little still um, they were children and now they are you know, young men so she misses them and wants to um, to be able to be with them and and guide them as they are growing up um, and uh, Mary Jane's parents um, are already uh, um, sickly they are elderly um, they also are concerned for their health and Uh, they are not sure. They said they always say they are not sure if they will live long enough to be able to see Mary Jane free um, and come home to them. Um, so they are, you know, uh, appealing. You no, know, Mary Jane and her family are appealing, uh, continue to appeal uh, for clemency um, from President Widodo, uh, but as well as a, a pushing, you no, know, pushing um, uh, both governments um, to hopefully. Uh, already um, make the necessary arrangements no, for Mary Jane uh, to be able to testify um, in the case against her traffickers because Mary Jane said, I am ready, I have been ready to testify and prove that I am not uh, a member of a drug syndicate, I am only a victim of human trafficking. Wow, wow, that's that's a very strong message from Mary Jane and I hope that the boss government of Indonesia and Philippines can really uh, hear that and take that into the consideration of how they should actually free Mary Jane since Mary Jane is only a victim of this uh, human trafficking uh, syndicate. 
Okay, uh, um, Joanna, I think this is already the end of our conversation. And once again, I just want to thank you to really for 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 joining us in this podcast, for sharing the updates of Mary Jane's case and advocacy mm-hmm. to our listeners. And um, yeah, uh, once again, thank you. And once again, happy belated International Women's Day and to our listener if you'd like to know more about us just please mm-hmm. kindly follow us in our social media accounts at BBC ORG in Facebook, Instagram and Twitter to stay updated yes yes and that's it <laughs> thank you for listening to today's episode and we will see you on the next one bye, bye. Thank you. Thank you.